So Did we um, have too much coffee. This yeah, I think Possibly. maybe we had our coffee late. We had our creative so quadruple this shot. This is interesting. This is the creative double shot, a conversation about building the creative life you want. I'm Jonathan, and I'm Ginger. If you want more creativity in your life, let's talk. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Creative Double Shot. Welcome. Today, we're talking about deep meaning. When we look at other people's work, master's works, one of the reasons that it has uh, lasting power and one reason that we love it so much is that a lot of these works have deeper meaning. It's not just like, hey, look at that guy. He does, he's really handy with a brush. Or, oh, look, there's just a bunch of words on the page in a pleasing pattern. It's when we read or we see these things or we listen to music, in general, there's a depth to those works that mm -hmm. transcends space and time. As I said that, I was looking around <laughs> the studio. But the idea is, you know, so when we start out creating, I feel like, I mean, I know when I did, when I started my practice before I knew it was actually going to be a practice, but I, I wanted to create something that did the same thing for other people. And for me, as I'm writing it, you know, I, we always imagine, again, these cliches of the genius artist pouring stuff from their head and it being like, oh my gosh, not only is, say, for visual art, it's visually amazing, but there are so many layers of meaning in there. Look what they did here and here. And oh my gosh. And, you know, reading books, you know, same thing. It's like, oh, well, you start out with a stick figure is what it feels like as a writer. And then eventually you put flesh on it and you actually make it look like a three-dimensional person. Here we go with metaphors again. My book is a person. <laughs> Don't you dare talk badly about my book. Um, <laughs> anyway, sorry. I can't um, even draw a stick figure. Wait, no. No, no, that's a that's, different episode. That's, that's exactly right. Um, so anyway, the, the, we were talking today about, you know, wanting that and how do you, do you set out with a, a very deep meaning in mind when you start to do your work? And I think we kind of landed on, if you only have a limited toolbox or set of tools in your toolbox, then you can only do so much anyway, right? And so a lot of our artistic journey is trying to become proficient at techniques and styles, voice, all those things. And it's hard to go, well, what's my giant theme as I'm trying to figure out, well, how the hell do I write a sentence? Right. And so, and hopefully I'm not getting to the punchline too early, but. <laughs> well, we're done. <laughs> Good episode, everyone. We'll see you next week. Um, that. In order to be able to work on a deeper level, you do have to have a pretty varied toolbox. You have to have mastery of techniques and you have to know your style and your voice, or at least a style and a voice that you use. I mean, it can evolve through the course of a particular body of work. But if you're thinking about those things, it's very difficult to go, well, what does this mean to the world? Right. And I, I think I want to back up just one second. Oh, yeah. From the punchline. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> from you ruining the whole podcast. <laughs> and just like what got us talking about this oh, yeah, yeah. whole thing in the, I today. Uh, I do too. But, but um, <laughs> it probably started with some sort of mini existential crisis that I was having. <laughs> and I brought to the conversation. <laughs> yeah. But really, uh, it was sort of this idea that over, I think... And, and it's through doing this podcast that I think I've kind of started to exercise this demon, not exercise like take him for walks. Demons but need to be exercised. Exorcise. Yeah. 
this demon of the real artist thing, which is, ah, you know, always. one of our episodes that, that gets a lot of listens because I think a lot of people have this idea, the hang up about, you know, not going to art school and blah, blah, blah. Oh, anyway, yeah. so I've, I'm past all that, but I look at my body of work and I realize that what I've spent a lot of time doing is working on technique and that kind of stuff and proficiency, you know, feeling proficient. And then this morning, uh, I really was kind of writing about it as I do when I'm avoiding doing it. Isn't that funny? I do, I do your profession as a way to avoid mine. It's, it's your avoidance practice. Yes, it is. That's and good. I love it. That's the and best. I'm attached to it. And I tried it with green tea this morning instead of coffee. And I oh, they're going to say instead really... of paint. <laughs> but yeah. Well. You could. Oh, yeah. I mean, there are people using, making papers out of tea bags. Anyway. So, Did we um, have too much coffee this morning? <laughs> I think Possibly. maybe. We had our coffee late. We had our creative so quadruple shot. this is interesting how this is happening. My mind is racing. But. Really. So I was thinking about meaning and and realizing that once I sort of master a technique, I might go on to the next shiny thing Mm -hmm. instead of staying with. And right now I'm working on a series that I'm not really showing people. I did show people in my newsletter. So they got a (laughs) little. Hey, 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 this is your marketing podcast. Sneak peek. What's happening? At com, And no, anyway, uh, but I realized that I want to, in my regular life, in my, in my regular life, in my personal life or non-artistic life or whatever, I've really been working on this whole concept of being comfortable with uncertainty. And I realized that I avoid uncertainty in my art to a certain degree and I think I go to the next thing often because I'm going to the next shiny object or whatever. And so in this series that I'm exploring right now, I'm really trying to walk through to the other side of that feeling of wanting. Because already I've been at it for a month and a half and this latest thing really for a week. And already a week. One <laughs> week. And I'm feeling myself going... I'm going to, you know, do this other thing. And I stopped this morning and realized, ah, you're not doing anything else. You're going to try this, you know. And so, and, and, you know, you've talked to me a lot about doing these iterations and that kind of stuff. And, and so I'm really interested in digging into that. But anyway, that, that was kind of the foundation right, right. in which we started talking about meaning and getting past just the technique or trying different things and seeing what happens. Yeah. And we talked about this in the overall life cycle of of a project, right? So we hit up against these difficult times and it's very easy to quit. It's very easy to just say, you know what, I guess this isn't really happening. And you can just kind of pull out all your old narratives from the cedar chest and wrap them around (laughs) you like Clark Griswold in Christmas Vacation in the Attic. And, uh, and just be like, you know what, I, I guess, yeah, I'm just not going to do this. Whereas if you recognize it as like, oh, well, this is part of the cycle where, yes, I'm in the difficult part of the inception because I had this idea and maybe it wasn't ready to be explored yet. There's that possibility, mm. right? Or I've taken it as far as my imagination at the moment can take it. Right. So how do I 
how do I push through by like, okay, let's reimagine it. Let's think about it deeper. Let's maybe step back and analyze it a little bit. Not necessarily in an intellectual sense, but like, I, you know, throughout the idea, well, hey, maybe make a list of all the things you love about it and a list of all the things you don't love about it. And maybe that sparks some ideas as to, well, what, what can I do to, to take it to where I want to take it? Or Which just, I love that idea, by the way. I know you like the lists. I love lists. Which is awesome. And then there's, you know, the idea that if you do these iterations, like once you have that list, you could do an, a new version of it and try and incorporate the things that you like about it and not do as many of the things you don't like. And, and know that, you know, it's never going to be like a, a, just a straight upward trajectory. Um, right. Because that's the thing. I, my ego wants yeah. proof every single time that I'm either able to do it immediately the way I see it in my head, or I want it to be better every single time. And if there's any sign of backward slippage, right. then alarm bells go off. And that's interesting. Well, and it's that's fascinating too. Right in, nice. In, in, the, in the context of the deeper work, like having your work be imbued with this meaning that, you know, could be universal. You know, if, if someone in, say, Asia looks at it, they might get the same vibe that you had while you were creating it. And if, it, you know, if it's a commentary or whatever it is. And when you think about all the stuff that you just talked about, it's very difficult to think about that deeper meaning if you're like, well, it doesn't look the way I want it to. And it's crap. And I don't, you know, you're so, your ego is so in the way yes. that you can't just let the process kind of do its thing. And, you know, so that's a challenge if you're not feeling proficient in your whatever techniques and even even just your uh, materials, if your brushes suck, if your paints right. suck, or if you just don't have mastery over them, like, I, oh man, like whatever this medium is, I can't control it. And as a result, I'm thinking about trying to control it. So I'm getting uptight for one in the physical act of creating, but it's also probably making your mind uptight too and being able to think about your work on a higher level as opposed to just a, a technician. Yeah. And you said a really interesting thing this morning. Once you're moving past the technique and the proficiency and all that, how do you start to ask the bigger questions? Yeah. And, that, and I feel like you, you, we, there's this uh, model of competency and it's got, there are like four, the, the sim, it's simplistic, but it's, it's interesting. It's, there are four levels. There's unconscious incompetency, conscious incompetency. So the first one, of course, is like you're just doing stuff and you're not even thinking about it. You don't even know that you're doing it poorly. Um, you're just doing it and there's that. So, and then you become aware like, oh, well, I see, I look at my work and I look at other work that might be, you know, in the same milieu, if you will. Um, and I see that my work isn't up to snuff, you know, so I recognize that I'm not, I'm not the technician, right? And so I need, I want to try and improve. And so you set about improving and then you reach uh, conscious competency. So then it's like, okay, well, I'm aware that I'm able to create these techniques and all this stuff, but I have to really think about them while I'm doing them. And, and again, this is, this is also simplistic. But, <laughs> uh, and then the, the last one is the unconscious competency. And I feel like from a technical standpoint, that's kind of the, where you want to be, at least at that, you know, with the stuff that you're using at that particular time. It's not all things, but be, say like I'm using these techniques for this body of work. And if I have to think about putting them in there, then I don't have the room to think about, well, wh what's the deeper meaning that I'm, I'm going to, I want this work to, to do. 
the the thinking about the technical proficiency becomes a distraction and right. uh, doesn't let you do that. And so I, I think that speaks to that larger thing of like, okay, the patients that we talked about last mm. week and also recognizing those points within your process. So within each project, you have this life cycle of uh, it's fun, it's exciting, I just got started, I have this great idea, and now I'm grinding to a halt because it turns out that what I really want to achieve is harder than I thought. Oh, yeah. And so you were talking about pushing through and, uh, and so trying to come up with techniques. Staying on the bus. I think we mentioned that last time. <laughs> for sure. The persistence is huge, but then there also becomes like on a personal level, how do you, like what techniques work for you as an individual and not you, Ginger, but you, right. the listener or anybody, um, what techniques work for you to kind of go, okay, I recognize I'm here. What am I going to do? to recapture the giddiness, the begeisterung, and move through that to the next place. And, and knowing that once you move through it eventually, but there will be another one waiting for you. Yeah. And, and being okay with that. That's the, you know, being comfortable with uncertainty that you were talking about. Yeah. But I feel like that awareness that we've talked about so often is really key to this because if you're kind of doing the unconscious incompetency, you're just kind of blundering along and, and you're okay with that, that's fine, but you don't expect your work to be particularly resonant or, or deep. And I keep thinking of the Dewey Cox story when he's like in his Bob Dylan face and one of the band members like, I don't, I don't understand what he's singing about. And Tim Meadows' character is like, you guys are idiots. It's deep. And so, you know, I, I don't want to sound all pretentious about it being deep, but, you know, there's, a, there's more to our work than just technical mastery of it. For me, it's always music. Like I've seen musicians play and, and they're, they might be technically very gifted, but their music lacks that extra depth that really reaches the listener or reaches the reader if you're a writer or the museum goer, gallery goer if you're an artist. But Yeah, because I realize what I really, really want and what I'm aiming for is a body of work that is technically proficient. Absolutely. Of course. And also has this deep level of meaning for me. Right. And that goes back to what we talked about. If you're creating for you and it gets you jazzed, just the idea of the work you're working on and you pour yourself into it and you're willing to have the patience yeah. to get to the point where what the finished product is, is what, you, at least close to what you imagined at some point along the way. It might not have been initially, but as you go through these iterations and you go through editing or um, what, I don't know. I don't know. Those are the only two I can think of, but <laughs> refining, we'll call it, you know. Right. So as you go through refining whatever your creative product is or project, then that refining kind of helps you develop more ideas about it, what it could mean. I think of like being in high school and doing, you know, literature and, re you know, supposedly reading these books. Sorry, Mrs. Schultz, if you're out there listening. But uh, this idea that there, the meaning that we learn about in school isn't necessarily the meaning that the author had in, been intentional about. And in some cases they are, but I think that you can always like take it to the next level. And I think the same thing goes with visual art. You know, once, once you put any of your creative work out there, it, it is no longer solely right. yours, right? And so people are free to interpret it however they want. But if you're not able to put that stuff in along the way, then you probably never get to the point where people are talking about the meaning in your work. 
And so I guess ultimately the, the point is, is that if you're creating from that place, it will resonate with other people. I think part of what imbues it with a universal meaning is the road it took the artist to get there. Yeah, 100%. And being willing to stick with I think I've been willing to be okay with good enough or with not pushing past and, you know, like just like, oh, well, you know what? That's pretty. I'm going to stay right there with pretty because my ego likes that. I mean, I'm I'm not interested in setting out to make, you know, ugly, controversial (laughs) art, which I totally admire people who are willing to go there. I, you know, I'm not there. It's funny because we talked also when we were talking about just this thing and and having you know, the technical proficiency and being able to put the the meaning in there and how long I think it really takes to get to that level. We always hear about the overnight successes and mm-hmm. and turns out most of them are, you know, 10 years, 20 years in the making. Um, it's funny, I think of George Martin, who everyone would be like, oh my God, that guy. And, and he had his successes within the science fiction world. He wrote for the Twilight Zone TV series, um, Beauty and the Beast back in the day. Oh. And his song of uh, Ice and Fire that, you know, obviously has blown up was written, I think, I want to say the first book came out in 92. And so, you know, that's a, that's a slow burn mm-hmm. for overnight success, right? And so I think, again, that sort of being okay with uncertainty factors in there as well with the patience and everything. Like, I don't know what the end is going to look like as far as how well either I, I love my work or how well it's received if it ever gets out there. Ah, and it brings us back to mindfulness, always the case of just being with it. Being with it. I'm hit. I'm with I'm it. With it. <laughs> I guess one of the other things that we talked about this morning was that your Boobs and Womb series that we brought up, uh, you know, that came as a result of some really hard mind, psychic, psychological, spiritual work, you know, that was in a very compressed period of time. And we were talking about one of the challenges is being able to recreate that and thinking about it more, it's like, well, you can't really recreate it, right? You can create conditions that might bring that out again. You, you know, you could go to another workshop that's short in duration and really have an instructor who helps you think a lot more deeply about your work. And so, and also thinking about it in terms of, this is the whole reason I brought up George Martin, was you think you're at a place that like, oh, I'm here and now I'm doing really good work, but that's just a place along the way and usually in hindsight, you'd be like, well, that was good for me then. And we were talking about your artistic career and, you know, said that maybe it's really only in its adolescence at this point. And same with my writing. We're, we're at these places that we have a long way to go, which is really exciting. Yeah. But it's also scary, right? Because it's like, well, you, you'd mentioned, I think, put that whole idea of pushing through. And I think when you get scared of doing something... A lot of times for me, scary means hard. It's like, oh, <laughs> right. it's like I'm, I'm working on this uh, a novel concept right now and I'm just trying to figure it out. And some of the things about it, it's like, oh, well, if I do this, then I have to create a whole lexicon, which I've never done. And, it, you know, it's like, well, it has to be logical. It has to work. And then I keep stepping. I'm like, oh, that's kind of scary. I was like, well, yeah, but I, I can do it. And also it's like, and if it's wrong, how can it be wrong if it's made up? You know, as long as it has a logical like internal uh, consistency within the novel. That's the important thing because really all yeah. you're doing when you're writing is creating this impressionistic thing in people's minds. It's not like, oh, here's every detail. It's actually an instruction manual and people fall asleep <laughs> right. while they're reading it. <laughs> yeah, believability. Yeah. Yeah, you just, you just have to create this idea that people can kind of grok while they're reading it or looking at it or 
listening to it. And I, I think of songwriting is just such a really good example of that. Like you can have a song that has two verses and, you know, maybe three choruses and a bridge and create a whole story, a whole narrative, a whole picture about it. Um, or then you can have Tangled Up in Blue, which yeah. goes on and goes on and, and is awesome. And also tells a story. <laughs> exactly. But anyway, I just, I think that's an interesting thing, but that's probably a whole other episode of, uh, you know, talking about actually artistic forms and things mm, along those lines. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so as you work toward this and you find yourself, I, I think it's probably more incremental process too, right? Where you're like, okay. And again, I, speaking from writing, it's, I don't set out generally with like a, oh, this is the overarching theme, but as I you know, do the first draft, maybe read through it, you know, I have some ideas in my head as I'm writing that, but what I find is that more as you write through and then you edit and do, you know, take stuff out and put more stuff in, you get more ideas about what your book is really about. Um, but I still, I like to have that lodestar that I can point toward even in the beginning and it, it might change and that's okay. But again, knowing that you're working towards something as opposed to like, well, I'm going to write this whole thing, just really cool adventure book. And then I'm going to decide what it's about. Right. I think is a lot harder. And I think it's, I don't know. I mean, do you feel like that's true with visual art too? Like, I mean, I guess you could be like, yeah, I'm just going to paint these and then I'm going to ascribe meaning to them after the fact versus. Which has definitely happened. Oh, yeah. But I think, and we, as visual artists, you know, there are process-driven, uh, process-driven art versus mm -hmm. concept-driven right. art, no, you know, and we can dip in and out. And I think a narrative is to think of yourself as one of those, and right. then you can't, you're not allowed to step outside of those boundaries. And sure. I think what I'm exploring right now is definitely, because I am exploring process still. And that's the thing, yeah. they're, they're so intermingled, you can't always tease them out. But I think I am starting with a concept much more this time than just experimenting around, because I'm using techniques I already know. I'm not trying new True. Why? Oh gosh! Well, you're experimenting another narrative. With, well, you're, yeah, you're experimenting with different palettes, and you're experimenting with well, mixed that's media true. and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. And 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 I, that's what I was just going to say to kind of bring us all back around to that idea of the, you know, the technical proficiency. Like you were talking about how we have this idea that we will arrive. Like once I get to this point, everything's going to be easier. But because you're always trying new stuff, that is never. I mean, yes, you you gather a bigger body of proficiencies right to use a dnd term um but you you gain this bigger toolbox but you're still you're still always trying to add to that right so in this case you've you've taken some stuff that you're familiar with but in this particular the particular way that you're using them and the particular mm -hmm. color palettes are different and your painting technique of painting from the inside out right so that's all new and so you know, we were talking about how it's very, again, very hard to focus on deeper meaning when really what you're trying to do is get yourself dialed in on how to create these effects, which is, you have to, right? I mean, yeah. and so the, I think the hard part is sticking with it long enough to get proficient enough where it becomes this unconscious competency. And then oh. you're able to think more about the bigger, what, yes. what does it mean, you know? Ask the bigger questions. Yeah. And, and it's hard because I, I think for me, writing is a lot easier because I can use a bunch of words to convey ideas, whereas you're like, okay. And I guess that's probably part of the challenge is how do you know? 
how do you know if your work actually is holding the deep meaning that you would like it to? Even if you have an idea in your mind, what you want it to have, you know, people will be happy to tell you that your work is shallow and derivative and you have a chance there to be like, well, I'll, okay, I'll double down and try harder next time or do better. Or I know that those people, I'm a genius. So those people are idiots. They're idiots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I don't know. So I, I think that it's going back to the things that we've laid down before about uh, uncertainty and patience and all this stuff. I, I feel like the longer you stick with it, the more likely it is you'll be able to uh, add meaning, deeper meaning to your work because you'll gain those levels of competency. Right. right. And what I'm hoping through having these conversations for people is that they'll just get to doing the work instead of thinking about it as much right. as I do. <laughs> I hear you. And, and I'm sure, right, like everyone processes stuff differently. Yeah. Um, but I do find that as a lot of artists work in, sol in solitude, it is nice to lean on your community to help you see if you're getting the desired effect that you want, you know, and see the same things that you're seeing in your own work or trying to do with your own work. And I, I should back up one last thing before we go is that I don't think there's any harm in trying to imbue your work with deep meaning if you are not proficient with everything because you don't, you never really know. Usually it's after the fact, like, oh, I guess, you know, going back to that quote from last week about geniuses make things look fast, right. not easy. And I think, um, I think that's still true. And so leaning on your community, I think, is a, is a really good way to know if you're doing what you set out to do. And just know that it's always going to get better and maybe not uh, linearly, but if you stay at it. Yeah. One other thing, too, I was thinking about when I thought I wanted to write, but I didn't think that, like, I wanted to write fiction, but I didn't know what to do with it. So I went to college for journalism. Was I was like, well, what do I have to offer? And, and it's interesting because there are some, there are plenty of young people who have pretty deep perspectives on things that I just don't think I had when I was that age. And so coming to writing when I did, I think worked out just fine because I feel like I had more to work with um, when I started, you know, back in 2009. Um, anyway, this is another, yet another, we should just call this the rambling double shot. <laughs> but, it's, but it's fascinating it's, because I just, I, that's what I want my work to be. And I, and I know I held up George Martin as an example of sort of this guy who achieved a lot publicly after a long period of being maybe less, less well-known, right? Um, but there are, there are millions of them out there, and it, take, it does. It takes a lot of time to, to get there. And, you know, some people, if you see a 20-some-year-old who's crushing it in, in something, they've probably been doing it since they were 15 right. or, or 10, you know, yeah. um, and everyone's origin story is like, well. Or had I, parents who were into it, or, you know. Right, like, right, yeah, have a leg up for any number of reasons, um, just being able to think about things like that, so. My takeaway is stick with it. Be willing to work through the hard periods. Uh, find out what techniques you can use to work through the hard periods. And just keep at it and remember why you're doing it in the first place. Um, and especially from project to project. Because, yeah. Oh. Sorry, I would say to your point earlier, uh, which I brought up, I'm not sure if I ever finished the thought, but, you know, once you, like, you think about arriving, like, oh, once I get this stuff down, I'll be 
I'll be there. It'll be a lot easier. And, and the reality is it won't be because if you're into creativity, you're always going to be looking to push yourself and figure out new things. And they're always going to be these, the life cycle stuff, right? Where it gets, you have these hard moments and, um, and, and be okay with that. Yeah. And we enjoy these conversations. And I, I know that if you're listening and you have anything to add, we'd, we'd love to hear from you. So go to dreamsmithlimited.com and uh, drop a note in the comments of this podcast. If you interact with Ginger on social media, you can hit her up there. Oh, and if you think of it, feel free to share the creative double shot with anyone who you think it might be uh, useful for. And uh, of course, we always love reviews on the old podcast channels where you can. And we'll see you next week on the Creative Double Shot. See ya.